0: If I just go like, how are you doing, Sam? Yeah, okay. So I'll just say, I'm just, it's not even an intro, really. <laughs> if I just say, just say like, I'm doing fine. But it fine, only
1: and, works if you say, I'm, I'm doing, doing fine. fine, thanks, James. So, so Otherwise, okay. it doesn't work. Yeah. Okay, so
0: how are you doing, Sam? I'm doing fine, thanks, James. And how about you, Johnny? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing fine, thanks, James. But for some reason, it works every time. <laughs> you have good, to say that, though. You have to gonna say that I'm going to steal that way. one off you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, if it well, looks like I'm not looking at you, it's because I've smashed my screen. I've got to look over here. I've got to look yeah. over here. Yeah, I it's got weird.
0: really, I got really, I've new, new year, new, uh, new technology here. Check this out. Nice. How do you do that? Yeah, it's fucking new year, isn't it? I got a cable. Best thing about it is I can also I can record that. So like How, that's just that's just in the podcast now.
2: How do you put that into the the pod? Don't be ask man.
0: Yeah, I mean. I'm set up here and like we're all wearing hats too, which is nice,
1: I guess. It's yeah. a nice kind of a um, more of a morning like bedhead
2: kind of situation on my end, but um, Well, we're, we're not allowed to uh, we're not allowed out of our houses here, so there's no haircuts, so everyone's looking a bit, you know, shabby. Oh yeah. Oh, I know.
0: Shit. That's crazy. Um I guess like one in five people in England have
2: had covid now and they just they just figured out. Yeah. And <laughs> there's one there's one in thirty in London currently yeah. have it. Yeah. So just statistically, that means there's like about thirty people on my street alone. You know, because yeah. London's so crowded. So yeah, everywhere everyone you're looking yeah. at everyone in the street like, have you got it, you plaguey bastard? But um I'm not really going outside, to be honest. So well, I hope
0: just... that, you know, I guess that means <laughs> if it's one in thirty, I could name thirty old rock and rollers living in London. Uh, you know, maybe uh, Ray
2: or Dave. One of them, one of them's going to get it, aren't they? Well, I saw there was that fo-
1: the famous Christmas photo of Ray and Dave out having a beer. And that. then I saw on Dave's Instagram account, which I spent a little time with last night, that he took a little heat for not wearing a mask. In some of the photos. Oh, so yeah, he So he'll be the one to get it, for sure. Yeah. You and saw
0: he, him uh, up on, uh, what, Hackney Marshes or something?
2: Hampstead Heath, actually yeah. was. it was. That's about, where they go dogging. That's where you go dogging if you're a politician. Yeah, it was about a month ago. No, just before Christmas, like early December. And I've never, I've seen Ray all the time because I live in North London. And I live right, basically, about 100 meters away from their studio, Conk. And... Um, you see him all the time just knocking around but you've never seen Dave before until this one day and I was sat on the park bench and, and I could see this old man walking towards me and I was like I know him who is he and then you know, I looked at him and I just panicked and said alright Dave and he just went hello son <laughs> hello my son <laughs> <laughs> he talk, he's, very, he's got a very fragile voice and he? he's like up here for some reason is he but gay? Yeah. Ah. Uh, no he's not gay he's got well, he might be. I don't know. Everyone's a bit fluid these days, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. so true. Yeah, so these yeah. days, like he's just recently become yeah. homosexual. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, he has he has grown up children. I know he's got a son who's a musician. But, yeah, um, but that doesn't really explain anything with the
1: rock and rollers of that era. They've all got kids, you know. Yeah. You know, uh, my friend Melanie. You remember Melanie? She lives in London now.
0: I remember Mel. Yeah, a bit. She, she w-
1: told me that she went to Christmas. Like in Toronto with some family members she didn't know, one time. One time, and uh, her aunt came, and then her aunt said, "Guys, I have her aunt was in her fifties or something. I have something I have to tell you. I'm bringing my son to Christmas." (laughs) And she was like, "What?" No one knew she had a son. And then she said, "Yeah, you know, I've kept it." Secret all these years because I was a bit ashamed because it was I the father was a rock and roller who came through town when I was sixteen and I got pregnant and and they all said who was it and she said it was one of the members of Fleetwood Mac which one we don't know we just don't know that's (laughs) but I that got me thinking like can you imagine these guys how many. like how many kids like jimmy page you know there's probably hundreds around i mean imagine if they knew they have those genes to play the blues
0: yeah Yeah. you know imagine finding that could be like john mayer is jimmy page's son there's not many not many of them have successful sons and daughters in the music industry do they like Mm. julian lennon donnie harrison you know? The
2: shadow, the shadow of your of your sort of yeah. successful parent just ruins it. Uh, uh, Paul McCartney's uh, got that kid. disabled son, hasn't he? Yeah, he does have a disabled son. Yeah, yeah. Um, he just looks like
0: a disabled Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> He's not uh, actually disabled. He's just really odd. No, yeah. But Paul McCartney's getting more and more disabled the older he gets. Too. He is. Yeah. That's I'm eating one of these cuties here. You know, not really into them. These like, you know, Mandarin oranges. Very
1: um, seasonal festive I, yeah, fruit. I, I like ten a day. Frog it's so good. It's good for you. Get up, we get in the morning. so <clears throat> they thing. say D vitamin D is what you need for for the COVID yeah. protection. Mm. I take a lot of D. I've yeah. got to say, yeah. I have
0: for a long time.
2: Like yeah, three, <laughs> three, three a day. <laughs> That's what they say about you. Yeah. A lot um, of vitamin D. Crosby's got a son who like he found later on, who then was also a music producer, isn't hasn't he? He's like now producing Crosby's records and he found him like 40 years in.
0: Uh, he also had one with Melissa Etheridge, didn't he? Famously, he, just, he
1: gave her his sperm. But the and kid oh, That one's died. Yeah, the, yeah. that he one OD'd died. od because he's yeah, got Crosby's he... corrupted, drug-addicted <laughs> genes. genes in him.
0: Well, maybe it's Melissa Etheridge because Crosby survived. He's like a cockroach. I mean, he's just
1: still going. Yeah, but it's because he didn't have full Crosby genes, which are like impenetrable to drugs. That makes so Mm. much sense. Um, But Dave has kids too who are musicians because I was looking in like sort of he, an uncut magazine kind of 10 albums that I love love right now. But, you know, it was like Hank Williams. It was like old shit. But then he put two of his different son's albums on oh, the list. Nice. Just, like, as a good dad, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I'd guy, never heard of either of the bands, but...
0: It's like Johnny Marr as a kid, doesn't he? And Johnny, and it's shit. And Johnny Marr, still, <laughs> like, every now and then put it on his Instagram, like, listen to my fucking kid. And it's just, like, it's shit. And you know Johnny just can't be arsed putting it up there. But his kid's probably like, please, dad, like,
2: you're famous. He, I, he, I saw some footage of, like, the, a gig he did in Manchester, the son, and he'll do, like three sold-out nights of the night and day, and all it'll be is, like, 50-year-old Smiths fans hoping that Johnny Marr's going to turn up. You know, that's it. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good having a famous dad, I don't think, apart from The Inheritance.
0: Yeah. Jacob Dillon? I bet you Bob thought
1: that shit sucked. Oh, my God. The flowers, And he was like, Dad, I got a number one hit. Yeah. That's Jacob Dillon for some reason. Dad, I got a number one hit. He's no. kind kind of of like Dil- it's kind Bill of like
0: a Dylan Ted vibe, or
1: something. Yeah, well, kind he's, like sort a like, he's kind of got guy. a bit of. He's kind of got a bit of a Dylan thing, but he's like a rich entitled brat, so he talks like this too. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. He's but the he's handsome one the of
2: the Dylan, Dylan kids, rat. isn't he? He's the handsome one. I've never yeah, seen like, another one. Oh, mate, there's there's some really like weird looking ones. There's like some <laughs> odd like Dylan freaks. Like, you want to see the Google the Dylan kids? There's some real strange looking looking children creatures. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the only one that got the, the sort of, I think, the, the model looks Is off. it Sarah? The model? Sarah, yeah. Sarah, She's fit, yeah. though, isn't she, Sarah? Probably. I Must mean, have she been. New, right? Have all those songs about her, you know. Yeah, I know, no, yeah.
0: Sarah,
1: Sarah.
2: Idiot wind. Didn't he claim that none of them were actually about them, her? Yeah,
1: even of course. Sarah. Yeah, they're like about <laughs> like outer mm-hmm. space or something. Yeah, I don't know why people thought they were about uh, for a breakup. They're certainly not. No, definitely yeah, definitely not. Well, he
0: doesn't own him anymore, so it's not like he can decide. And uh, Neil Young sold mm. his too. Sold his publishing last week. Mm. Half I'm going to try and sell 150 mine for million, like, like 150 quid. quid. You sold some
2: once for loads of money. Me? <laughs> yeah. Nah, I've not. I sold, sold like some awful music I've made for adverts and no, stuff. No,
0: the, but... pu- uh, the publishing for Swiss Lip, wasn't that? You got a pretty good deal
2: on that. Oh, yeah. We d- yeah, we did all right, yeah. But, yeah. you know, it all went up my nose (laughs) Uh, yeah Uh, yeah neil
1: man fucking boomers man they don't give up you know well they they don't give up it's like my mom my mom also a boomer like you know recently i was just talking to her and she was just like i can't stand this i i never thought i'd say i'm so sick and tired of seeing paul mccartney's face you know, because she used to be in love with him. And then she said, and all this George Clooney sexiest man alive at age 65, it's a joke. They don't give Idris up. Idris Elba, though, now. Well, mm-hmm. now, yeah, but, they, you know, they don't... Yeah, well, he's, like, also 60. And somehow, like, yeah, like you said, James, Neil Young's still, like, the important. best. Most you know, important rocker. These guys,
0: like, selling their publishing for 150 million pounds for half of it, and it's, like, just there it's a closed system so you know it is a myth that there's no money in music we already know that you know for like young Mm. artists but like if neil young's taking 150 million dollars of it like there is going to be less money to go to new stuff to more interesting stuff maybe i don't know
1: well also less money like now that like a chevy can do a commercial and put like keep on rocking in the mm-hmm. free world in it they're not going to have any need to like license some new band's music you know what i mean mm-hmm. so there's less opportunity too it's just like it's a complete some, joke end of reason, days man yeah for some reason with neil it really hurts though.
0: So. because he's he kind need of like money does
2: he why, is he, why, well, no, he, why, why are they about, all
0: doing it it's not about money it's true that but it's not even about money it's more like he has always been like against
2: the man you know what I mean?
1: But it's just pure mm. hypocrisy with him.
2: Yeah, it is. Maybe yeah. he's got to make the money back from that shit Pono player thing it that could he put be all, all of his money Pono. into.
1: No, he he Kickstarter that whole thing. He oh, didn't shit. pay any of his own money into that. <laughs> no, but you know what it is? The reason is it's more it's more indicative of something darker that I think all these people are like, well, like music had a good run. And, like, mm-hmm. probably in 10 years, I'm not going to be making any more money at royalties because no one's going to fucking be listening to it. Spotify doesn't pay shit, so I'll just cash in now. I also, think that's what's be dead happened.
2: in 10 years, probably. They're, they're like 70 something now, aren't they? So Yeah. How do you pronounce s- the uh, bass player's
1: name
0: in uh, The Kinks? Oh, Peter Quaif? Quaif. <laughs> <laughs> Quick. It yeah. sounds like an. Quaif, Quaif. Quaif, yeah. Quaif mate yeah. Peter uh, that's not a real name, Matt. Is <laughs> is he dead? Is he the one yeah, that's he dead? he died, yeah. Um, I did read they went. Thing- re- no, I read a thing about. Uh, uh, I, re- I was re- I was reading about like the the Village Green Preservation Society like reissue, like you know, like that they did this like deluxe reissue, and there's like there's a Pete Townsend, um, like kind of you know kind of introduction.
2: Pete Townsend,
0: yeah. And Pete Townsend, like, it's dead funny in the introduction, he says, like, he basically just says in the production, uh, sorry, in the introduction that, like, Ray is, like, a conservative. Oh. And then, well, like, he's kind of, like, w- but it's obviously, like, Pete Townsend is a k- Tory. Like, he's a posh Tory Pete Townsend. Did you think, so he's, yeah, like, probably. trying to get Ray on, too. And I remember I read a quote from Ray being, like, yeah, I wouldn't go as far as saying I'm a conservative, but, you know, I'm kind enough not to have edited Pete's comments out. But, you know, <laughs> so he's, like basically using this moment to try and let me, like and raise a Tory too
2: yeah well, Pete's a pedophile so you know yeah. that's worse that's even Petophile. worse than being a Tory there's not many yeah. things worse than being a Tory yeah, yeah. Um, Pe-
0: but I guess it does speak to like the idea of values in the music like because there's like and I think that's what Ray said he's like <laughs> you can still be like you know far left and have values you know mm. and his values are like it's more about pre-war I think it's like the pre-war serenity of England. But I've, I've thought that before with with The Village Green where I'm like, it is like, how do I wrestle my love for this record away from the fact that he's talking about an England that like, I was never
2: invited into. You know <laughs> it's very I mean? Brexity, his album, yeah, actually. It's very I was thinking Brexit, about it today. Yeah. It's, it's like, even though it was, obviously we weren't in the EU when he wrote it, I think he sort of caused Brexit in many ways because, wow. yeah, wow. I mean, because it was like, <laughs> You know, he's harking <laughs> wow. back to this old, long-forgotten, nostalgic sort of version of Britain, which probably never really existed, yeah. you know. Um, and yeah, now, I think... How yeah, about so this, it, though, for a hot take? Go on. Because um,
0: I know that you two are going to have a lot more to say about this record than than me, because... Um,
1: might not. You're just winding me up right now, like the jack in the box, and I'm going to start going any second here. I was so, going to okay. say, there's
0: actually, if you think about the record itself, and that there's actually like the only song about Britain on it, or like that style of England is the song Village Green. The rest is just about people in it. It's not really about like... I it's about
2: him going way. mad, isn't
1: it, I think? And I and never not, really thought it was in. about that. I always thought that personally, guys, but I'm not from England that although it has a lot of that, like he, he his choice of words to tell the story, like on the surface, it's, you know, about England and, and sort of this like pre-war, like serene view of the country. But I always thought the Village Green was just more like a place in his own mind yeah. where uh. he could retreat to and like get away from like crowds and like pressure to be a singer and to do, and it was almost like his sort of Like, everybody's got their own village green, you know? Yeah, I think you're
2: right. And he he seems very lost at the time, and he wasn't in touch with what was going on, like, in music. You know, he was going on his own path, and it was all very nostalgic and, you know, reminiscing about childhood and he compares himself to a steam train, doesn't he, that's, like, going out of, you know, on its last journey. That's classic
0: Classic, uh, autism, that, you know, obsession with trains.
2: Is it? yeah. Are all
0: Trainspotters autistic? Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about it, it's kind mm.
1: of... It's that had case. happened that same year I read last night, too, that they decommissioned all the steam locomotives in
2: England the year the record came out, and that's why. Yeah, so he was, he was comparing himself, and it came out the same day as the White Album, I read. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was... Really, that's unfortunate. Yeah.
1: But oh. you know what? It's like, that's... Cl- the last of the steam-powered trains is like classic. I've talked about this before on the podcast about how Dave being... I mean. As a lyricist, maybe second to none like that era, but great person to write in the second person. Like Mm. he and Randy Newman, I think, are the only guys who were really impressive to me at getting out of their own ego and kind of writing songs from the perspectives of other people and characters and even objects, you know? Mm. And I think it's pretty amazing because Beatles, you know, Beatles, 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 all I, me, mine... You know, I've yeah. got a feeling me yeah. this, me that, I, I am the cup. walrus, blah, blah, blah. Love yeah. me, me, me. me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so you know, true. Dave's often, you know, you know, phenomenal cat, wicked Annabella. Well, maybe that's yeah. Dave. But you know, it's characters, it's 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 a mm. much more elevated Walter. level of lyricism Johnny, to me. Like Johnny Thunders. The Beatles don't hold a candle to him as
2: lyricists, in my opinion. No. But Different strokes did,
0: did, for different folks, man. Did, well, did
2: yeah. Did you hear I mean, the story of when, I think when he's, I've read it somewhere about them doing like a TV show with the Beatles or something, and John made some sort of cutting remark to Ray about them just being a sort of Beatles imposter group or something? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think it broke his heart because he really lo- loved the Beatles, you know, but. And Dave
1: thought they sucked. Did he? I was reading last night. He said he thought they were shit and that Peter Quife was yeah, always like praising them and Dave was like we can do this shit way better and then he said that he used to like he ran into John Lennon all the time at this pub or something like in the early 60s Mm. and they he thought John liked him because he just didn't give a fuck oh that's what Dave said he's like I think he like and he said one night one night one night John and I were at the pub and I'd had a few drinks and taken a bunch of pills and so John couldn't stop me talking for about two hours (laughs) <laughs> and then at the end, he just got up and walked away and said, you're the most obnoxious person I've ever met in my life. And Dave said, I took that as a great compliment.
2: Interesting. Dave was quite a madhead, wasn't he, when he was young? There's a, there's a Kinks musical. Um, I don't know if he's made it over to Canada. <laughs> but, like, I, I fucking hate musicals. I've got like I have got love real, them, but anyway. Yeah, no, I, I just don't, I don't know why I hate them, but... One day my mum was visiting and I was like I'm going to take her to watch the Kinks musical because she loves the Kinks and it was great because the music is amazing obviously but it was very like the the, the, the it was their story and the Dave was just like a lunatic from day one um and Ray was just kicking the shit out of him all the time
1: They're kind of bad boys like yeah. comparatively you know if the Stone nobody's as bad boy as the Stones I guess but the kinks are definitely more bad boys than the Beatles, you know. Yeah, they're more London,
2: my, they're more Cockney, too. Yeah, my well dad told cockney. me that everyone thought the Beatles were, in the 60s, everyone thought the Beatles were pussies because they were like just making like pop music, mm-hmm. and until they so late 60s when they started tripping out a bit, and then they're like, Oh, you're actually quite cool. You know, well, the, it's, the Kinks uh, also didn't have an, an
1: advantage. They had a disadvantage from their band from playing in the United States for four years and they famously. made all their best records. Do you think
0: that that <clears throat> stuff is like. I mean, obviously, like, it gets uh, kind of uh, rubber stamped by Ray himself, who says, you know, like, when we couldn't get to America, because didn't Dave tell like the uh, the musician's union he was a communist or something like
1: yeah I they, they, got f- they got in a fight with some guy who he was like a, a kind worked of worked at p- the consulate or yeah <laughs> yeah and also they famously <laughs> would fuck around with the crowd the bet ba- my favorite story is when somebody refused to pay them up front so they went out and played you really got me for the whole concert <laughs> and they just played they played half an hour of ba-na-na-na-na. <laughs> no, sounds yeah.
2: like the greatest gig of all time <laughs> yeah. yeah sounds good i uh ripped
0: holes in my uh amp the amp that you have of mine sam
2: oh i, I sold it sorry nice that uh, uh, yeah. straight up your nose i'm just That's closing a, the closing the window to stop the covid coming close in. the windy yeah
1: it's so spinal tap james like what what he was saying about the the musical like, I yeah. was just reading one thing. From its inception, Ray Davies considered the album for stage presentation. Yeah. And its general theme served to inspire the Kinks' more ambitious but less popular two-part theatrical work presentation <laughs> preservation in 72 to 74. Davies would refer to the three albums as his preservation trilogy, confirming <laughs> that preservation is directly related to Village Green Preservation Society. Right. He's definitely voted Brexit
0: titanic's requiem
1: yeah it's, it's, totally, yeah, it's totally that kind that. of like somebody up there likes me yeah <laughs> i wasn't saying that we were better or greater or comparing ourselves to jesus christ as a person yeah, or god as a thing it. or whatever it is it was just it. i i was I saying it hi john and it was said and now it's and it was wrong or it was taken wrong and now it's all this i was trying always to work trying out to john say today. something John,
0: really, uh, how, how did you
1: feel about the kinks uh,
0: now that you've joined us on... Well, uh, it's not...
1: <laughs> I'm not quite at the point, the point that I can say anything because oh. I've just been working on the same things. He's very. He's always trying to say, teach you yes. something a little bit. And then yeah. like, when he gets older, he's more of a... He's more, how can it be... You know, I'm just singing about my life and, you know... Uh, <laughs> no, I can't do it. Uh, you, Sorry. You know, I'm saying I got of- up this morning and I had a good shit and I love you, Yoko. Or, that was good. I, mean, I love you, Yoko. Yeah, that was very good. Yeah, you know. he's kind of...
2: Up here, isn't he?
0: Yoko did break up, up the Beatles. The young he's We were up already up there.
1: <laughs> I wasn't saying we were great or comparing myself to Jesus Christ as a Richard person. Richard
0: Burton just came into the room in the middle <laughs> of the accident. <laughs> George, in the middle is, of that.
1: George is more a little more back here. He's, he's more critical of what he's more. He's a C- bit C- more C- critici- C- You're you You're always criticising me. It's a reverse. No, nobody food. in Liverpool reverse.
2: talks like the Beatles at all. Nobody ever has, other than the Beatles. They've just got their own. No, very hard. No, I don't know accent. if you know
0: this, Johnny. I don't know if you've been to Liverpool, but this is a hundred percent true. Um, there's most people there um, don't even speak English. They have their own language <laughs> called Scouse. Really? Um, yeah, it's a completely different language, and it's sort of it's very it's very guttural, and it really just sounds like someone clearing their throat. It's
1: very so high pitched as well.
2: It's very high pitched, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like Jamie
2: won Carragher. the fucking league. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> spitting everywhere. Do you remember that understand. video of Jamie Carragher spitting on a kid from his car? Yeah, I mean, she was caught saying that he was a wanker or something. Because yeah. yeah. United won.
0: <laughs> 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 anyway, it's fine actually. Most of our patrons and listeners are English, so. Really, they'll, find, they'll they'll get some. Yeah, thanks. For some Sam. reason, yeah. Thank mm. you. Sam. I guess we were
1: thinking that English. What do you? What's your thoughts on it, Johnny? That well, I just think that English people are cooler. Cool, like yeah. everyone here is such a flake, man. Like yeah. it, pe- people in Canada and in the U.S., you know, they're kind of like, oh yeah, cool. Like you got that podcast. Like yeah, I listened to five minutes. Sounded cool. Yeah, that's it. You
2: know, mm. but like I think well, yeah, people. I've been in- really in- Sorry. They, in- they enjoy things there. I've been really enjoying the podcast. I mean, it did start off like two guys talking about an album and now it's just become like an eric clapton true crime podcast yes you know which is is good because you you know you're unearthing the truth about the greatest serial killer of all time that Mm. you know and i don't get me wrong i don't mean to alienate our north
1: american listeners but you know smooth just call it like i see it man yeah Yeah. do you reckon eric
2: um sort of bumped into the kinks and you know, I'm but surprised he didn't turn up on the last of the steam power trains. That's a, that's a blues, isn't it? It's like a sort of how Wolf stack Smokestack lightning kind of. Yeah. yeah,
1: Smokestack Halo. What Did about you know? Nikki Hopkins? Did you read about that? I thought no. that was very interesting. The, the, check this out. With the exception of the early Village Green, <clears throat> like the track Village Green, yeah. strings and woodwinds were played yes. on the Mellotron by Ray Davies and Nicky Hopkins. Phenomenal Cat, right? On the whole record. Yeah. Hopkins contributed significant to the to the albums. He later stated that he provided about seventy percent of the work on the keyboards and developed a lifelong grudge when Davies apparently credited himself wow. for the majority mm-hmm. of
2: the keyboard playing. That was because he didn't want to pay him. Ray's notoriously a tight motherfucker. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, grumpy he, too. Oh, he's so grumpy. You yeah. See him like, around. I've I've seen him with you, Sam. Walking there was around that Hornsie. one time. Hornsy, mate. There was this one time, and me and James were in the pub in Crouch End, and I think my mum was there as well, because she were was we visiting. In, in, and was we, it that, were we in the Haringey, or what was it called? We were in the Queen's. Uh, no, oh. no, sorry, the the King's Head in oh, Crouch End. Oh, that one, yeah. Is that the and one where you watched Tottenham beat United 5-0 or something? No, um, that was a different one where I nearly got stabbed. But yeah. um, no, it was in the King's Head, and we were sat in the window, and we were talking about Ray Davis, because I was like, yeah. yeah, I see him around all the time, and then... As I said that I was like he's there and he was walking past yeah <laughs> like I just, it was yeah. so fucking weird yeah it was yeah and, then, and there's yeah, a lot, he's always- of,
0: lot of spots in Crouch End that that are interesting I mean you can do a little tour you can go to Conk used to really be like well it still is it's just over the train tracks from Sam's house but mm. then from there you can go to it's, it's banners as well you can go to yeah, it's that's it,
1: where Dylan went and ate.
2: Uh, well, he didn't eat anything. He just drank. This a is all
1: very important information to me, and I'm really excited for whenever we can get over there. I want yeah. the whole tour because you know all the. I want the Dill I want the Kink spots, the Dylan, the Nilson, like yeah. ring, yeah. like the that London vampires drinking haunts. Oh, no man.
2: worries, man. I'll take you on a tour. We'll have a good one. Mm. We'll get on those Boris bikes. Did Did I tell you the story of? Dylan coming to Crouch End to meet Dave Stewart. I wanted, uh, you know what, my old friend Peter,
0: rest in peace. He always used to say, if it's he, he loves hearing good stories again because it's okay. even more fun the second time because you kind of know. And I don't remember if you've told this on the pod, but I was hoping you, I could get you to tell the story.
2: So I don't yeah. know it. I don't think
1: so. so it's amazing. So in mm. the
2: in the eighties, at some point, um, Dylan had met Dave Stewart somewhere and. Dave Stewart had a recording studio in Crouch End that is now owned by... forgot, anyway. Infamous um,
0: Crouch Enders, though.
2: Yeah, and, and Dave Stewart had said, listen, Bob, if you're ever in London, like, get in, here's the address of the studio. Just come along and, like, jam, you know, and he's like, all right. So then, Bob Dylan... There's, there's a road in Crouch End that splits. There's one 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 side's called Crouch End Hill, and the other side's called Crouch Hill, I think. It's very confusing anyway bob dylan gets in a cab and says like 15 crouch end hill and the cab takes him to the wrong side and there's just a house there so he knocks on the door confused and goes like is dave here and this lady was like yeah come in like no she's like you'll be home soon in in a minute come in so he goes bob dylan goes and sits in the living room this is like supposedly happened sits in the living room waiting and then this guy is like a builder comes home from work called Called Dave, and he was like, She's like, Bob Dylan's in the living room waiting for you. And he's like, What? <laughs> and then he went in and had a cup of tea with them. And then they were like, No, you're on the wrong fork. He's, the studio's behind our house. So, yeah. But yeah. well, he was a big Dylan fan too. He was, yeah. And um, yeah, it's all it's, it's, it's well documented, this story. Yeah. Um, Much yeah, like
0: it, Banner's, the restaurant, which is sort of a Jamaican restaurant, really, I suppose, mm. the sort of breakfast place. So yeah. and there's a plaque that says Bob Dylan wants a What did he eat there again? Well, it at the
2: time like, you couldn't buy a drink in a restaurant without buying a meal. Um on on this particular day some licensing law. So it was it, that he supposedly he just wanted a margarita and they wouldn't give him one. So he was like <laughs> you have to order a meal. So he ordered some spaghetti bolognese but he didn't touch it. Yeah. And he and he just uh, cuz yeah they they sell, I think it was that they serve loads of different food but yeah, there's a little gold plaque on the wall. It says like Bob Dylan sat here in 1988. Yeah, which is, 88, yeah. huh? I think yeah, it was something yeah, like that. Yeah, it sounds
1: like about the right era. Yeah, for it's kind of uh, Jamaican Wilbury's time.
2: Yeah, he'd probably have
0: been over, you know, doing Wilbury stuff. Hmm. Yeah, he could have been at Dave Stewart's Studio actually. Maybe, yeah. Did he make a record with Dave Stewart? I mean, I don't know because Tom Petty did, you know.
2: Maybe he was visiting then. It's called the Church. David Gray bought it in the nineties. Oh, 90s. the Church is That's not <laughs> David
0: Gray. Yeah. You know the Babylon. Um, you know Rebecca from my band's dad is called David Gray, <laughs> and he sometimes gets. Uh, well, he sometimes it happened once. He got David Gray's pub because he also is a, a, a musician. He once got David Gray's publishing accidentally sent to him for Did like his Canadian publishing. I think he had to, I think they figured it out really quickly when he got like you know, a six-figure check sent to his house. of.: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Oh, it. my God.
2: Um, oh, um, I knew he bought it. Um, do you know that producer, Paul yeah, Epworth? yeah, Paul yeah. Epworth has it. He's yeah. bought it now, yeah.
0: yeah. It's, yeah. What he's doing with it is kind of interesting too, isn't it? Because it's mm-hmm. like a mixed media. There's loads of different studios in it. I mean,
2: It's an amazing place. I've been yeah. in it a couple of times. Um, Not recorded there, but just been in to have a nosy. But he lives. Uh, he's from Muswell Hill, though. Who? The Davies brothers. Yeah, their they, they, their little cottage uh, where they grew up is is just up the road from here. And supposedly the the, the, play, the pub opposite is the the pub they played their first gig in, and the walls are just covered in Kinks memorabilia. Yeah. And um, they had a piano in the front room, and they used to have these like family alongs around it, and that's where he wrote "You Really Got Me" on the piano. Uh, yeah, because he
0: was. Uh, Wrestling with uh, the sort of end of his career in, uh, you know, 1968 doing Village Green, you know, (laughs) and really sort of finding a, a path in life at the ripe old age of 23. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's mad to think how old they were when they put "You Really Got Me" out. Like Dave Davies would have been like seventeen.
1: Did you something. tell yeah. me? Did you just tell me that he wrote "You Really Got Me" on the piano? Yeah, he so did.
2: Cool. He like dun 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 dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. He wrote it as a kid in there, supposedly when he was like sixteen. Well, you know something. that amp that you uh, that that,
0: that you mugger sold? stole off you. The, yeah, that it was really nice amp. Uh, I uh, the it had the original speakers in it when I got it, and yeah. I ripped holes in them. Dave I, Davies in. Yeah, and then and paper mashade over the holes, and it was really cool for a bit. I mean it was stupid of me to do it, but
2: it yeah. it did sound cool. That was in
1: underrated the, uh, guitarist,
2: I always thought. Not in my top mm-hmm. five, mate. He 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 invented like the distorted guitar at the time, didn't he, really? Like sort of proto punk you, you really got. Definitely. Me.
1: I always thought mm-hmm. that they were the most punk of all the sixties groups. Well, I like guess not of all like them and the velvets punk yeah yeah mm. of you know yeah they, very, heavy they, yeah, they invented it didn't punk
0: they? for sure like new way stabby
1: stuff sabbath are the i guess way, garage right? like i yeah, guess sonics. it's like garage sonics mm. yeah for sure i mean stooges is 60s but like late fucking much later you
0: stooges know. mate no <laughs> doubt mate. without a doubt without a <laughs> doubt mate stooges fucking <laughs> mate yeah kinel get- mate do you guys, kinel know that mate. You don't have to di- say the F in that word, you know, if you're from Burnage. Kinel, mate.
2: We used to do that at school. Me and my mates yeah. would be like, Cough. and then the, uh, yeah, go, kin Cough, mate. and Cough, then the teacher mate. would be like, "What are you saying? Are you swear?" And you'd be like, "No, yeah. no." So kinel, it's like Jonah in Chris Lilly's uh,
0: Summer Heights. So I was like, yeah. uh, "Puck you, sir. Puck you, miss." <laughs> it's like,
1: I'm not. I didn't say anything. I just said puck. <laughs> puck oh, you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Puck you, miss. But yeah. Speaking r- 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 of that guitar. Do you know that Dave Davies' bio on his Instagram account says, Dave Davies musician band, the man behind the sound that changed rock and roll. Nice. Not wrong. No, but. Yeah. Take it. I mean, 13,000 followers. Yeah.
2: He, he was tweeting yeah. about his love of big tits yesterday, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He loves <laughs> them. Who was that girl with the big tits at CBGB's? i loved her and then What's yeah he we got loving, bollocked he, yeah What's <laughs> wrong we're loving big tits i love big tits <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's true that's what he was saying yesterday
2: yeah i like that you know
0: i'm gonna say he's not wrong
2: no there's not she Isn't she it was her, her part of her show was getting her big tits out that was the, yeah. the game you know yeah. good it sounds like a good game yeah i wish i had some big tits to get out do you just have some yeah, to do it for jobs. If I job. continue
0: drinking beer the way I am, I will soon.
1: Different. We bad. have another lockdown here, yeah. You know, that's that is bro- no. nothing like yours, mate. We, we don't have a lockdown, no. Restrictions, no. but they're very <clears throat> you know, this massive, album is uh, almost too good to even talk about. It's that's really the hard. problem with this you, podcast. I, like, read, uh, I, Stone, yeah. I read the Rolling Stone. I
0: read the Rolling Stone original review of it. Um I don't know if you guys have read it but no. it's actually amazing because it completely, it's written by Paul Williams in June, 1969. Um, I'll send it to you both. It, it completely nails why this record's so hard to talk about because he absolutely loves it. Like this mm. guy is in love with the Kinks. He it's doesn't that, even masterpiece. really, he doesn't really even review the record. He just talks about how good they are. And he's just like talking about like every song Ray Davis writes is like a new friend I get to make Mm -hmm. and it's just like he keeps going he's like they're just the most wonderful band like the vocals are under recorded so you have to turn the volume up and everything's just so sure and easy no one's in a hurry just Mm -hmm. like it's just a delight and honestly it's like paragraph on paragraph he goes through it talking about you know nostalgia and what they like it genuinely just like the the real greatness of it and he's writing this like in like 1969 and he's and he's saying he's got a a british copy of the record because you can't get it in the states and he's just like but i'm frustrated now i was trying to make you feel i was trying to make you understand how good the kinks make me feel but i can't pass on greatness I can't sit here and come up with phrases to argue genius. I can only shout as modestly as possible about how deeply I'm affected. I'm thinking only genius could hit me so directly, destroy me, and rebuild me so completely. And then he goes on. He's like, I've never had much luck turning people wow. onto the kinks. I can only hope you're onto them already. And if you are, brother, I love you. We've got to stick together. Oh, cool. wow. Well, that's Perfect. It's a yeah. really great it's a genuinely it's a great review and it's like completely it's like it's prescient too because he's like this is who they're going to be. They're going to be
1: these forgotten men. The thing about it that is so special is it's funny that we did pet sounds and then we're doing this one because to me there it it is and it was sort of confirmed when I read something last night that it kind of is a weird form of psychedelia to me. Like, it's kind of Ray's psychedelic rock Mm. album. And it's like, in the way that the Beach Boys and Disney version of psychedelia is like this reverting to childhood tendencies, it's a similar thing with this album. Like, it's not at all square to me. It's like Mm. his... It's just like him going to this place in his brain that's like he's a child again. And when I first heard this stuff in my, you know, I don't know how old I was when I first heard the record. It just already, as you grapple with this idea of nostalgia in your life, and it being not a source of joy, memories not being a source of, of, you know, fondness for your family or your life before, but a source of pain. Mm. Nobody had ever done that before and Mm. it shook me so hard like people take pictures of each other and then pictures of things as they used to be don't show me no more please like it's it's terrible to look back at it you know like and you then you the older you get and the more you listen to it you're like fuck it's so true and Mm. like you and you know like how your your mind shapes things to remember them differently like and do you remember walter and all that you know like it's just on and on like Mm. almost hard to listen to it's so good you know yeah i I revisited
2: it recently and like like about a year ago I, you know i I got back into it and i didn't listen to anything else other than that again for about a a month you know i just all mm -hmm. could listen to and it's just so good and i and i totally agree with you yeah it's 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 really sad actually the album it's so sad yeah he
0: just has i suppose he has a the kinks like the beach boys and there's a there's other bands like you know even Led Zeppelin are a bit like this but in a different completely different place but he they totally have like a unique world view and like world system and like every Kinks record sounds like a Kinks record like they Mm -hmm. they, they're just all they're just like an Abba are like that you know just bands that just like well Abba just sound like Abba that's like what they sound like the Kinks just sound like Kinks like what about like the live Kinks like that record Mm. it's like which one give the people what they want the, the the live kinks oh yeah and it's like it just it sounds like the audience is part of it in a way that most live records aren't like it's weird that they're, they're just um they're just have their own little they take up their own little space in the world and the beach boys do that too because Brian Wilson's just got his own little space.
1: That he, you know, like when you listen to him, it just, it just, and no one else ever sounds like them. But it's very sad music. Like you're right. Like and and same with the Beach Boys. Like there's there's something there. Whereas Led Zeppelin, you're totally right, their own worldview. But it's like this more like kind of Valhalla. Like we're we're pumped on it. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, of course. But Village Green, it's like yeah, song. It's like one after another. Big Sky, Animal Farm, this isolation. He's very sitting by man, the riverside, you know. Yeah, it's just like yeah. trying to get to this place in his own mind where he can block everything else out, you know. Mm. And that's a dark. It's a dark. It's a dark way to conceptualize an entire, you know, artwork like that for sure. You know, but you, you, then it's like funky too and stuff. Like, mm. so it's so cool. I think part
0: of the the way in which the record was made as well like he was just demoing stuff on an acoustic guitar or on piano and Mm -hmm. then just basically sort of like thinking it might be a solo record and then everyone kind of had apparently like free reign really just to like put on it whatever they wanted right is that
1: what it is i always wondered about his production like he is the producer Mm -hmm. but like what did that mean what it wasn't i'm sure it wasn't like a brian wilson level of like he didn't arrange Mm -hmm. everything did he or
0: well like apparently like pete quife he, um, <laughs> Quife, mate. It, Quife, Quife. Quife, come on, you <laughs> goose. He, uh, apparently, like, well, he left the band, didn't he? Uh, because, um, he just, you know, he wasn't getting on well with with Ray and Dave, but mm. you know, he says that this is, um, the most, the only, well, not the most, the only collaborative record that they made, uh-huh. but you know. Why did
2: he leave then? You would want to put your name on the best one, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. Yeah, I'm just getting. I'm actually. I'm not drinking at the moment, but I'm I'm on these zero beers. I'm just going to get one from the fridge because they trick. Which brand are they? Those ones? Bavaria. They trick my brain into thinking I'm having a beer. They're great. It's good Mm -hmm. that I need to do that more often. I always see
1: you doing it. that'd be a good thing to do for these daytime. Parts, yeah, just actually, because then you could still crack 0%. and then pump you could still pump after are you gonna go with.
0: pump after this i'm thinking of going on a big run i raining. went i
1: ran last night rain run it was good listen yeah. listen to, to village green i'm not gonna lie to you cried mm. yeah something about running in the rain and you're like really exhausting yourself and when you put on music you haven't listened to in a long time yeah. like i was at about 6k and kind of my body was drained and just like just some part in, in Big Sky came on or something and you yeah. just kind of <laughs> you just, just started just fucking oh, man. blubbering, you know, for, you, know? you know? Days
0: Days was gonna be on it.
1: Was it? Yeah. What a tune that is. Hey? What a tune oh. to leave off. It's too, too, it's, too it was poppy. a single though. Too it was poppy. a single.
0: Yeah, but they left it off the record. It was recorded for the record.
1: But that's kind of like a sixties thing, isn't it? Like the Beatles no, I, never had yeah, any singles. But I singles don't, but on, I don't
0: like... think it's specifically for that reason. Like oh. that's true. Alan Klein was the one who Alan Klein uh, Shredder is the one who like changed that, didn't he? By like yeah, putting singles on records mm. f- for the Beatles. But no, it, um, apparently like it was it like it was their decision to leave it off. Well, like yeah. it was like a deliberate one. I saw it was a bit of a hit though. Ray, I think
2: I saw an interview with Ray ages ago, and he was saying it's like something like when I, you know after the early career with the hits, it's like he's like you know when he talks sort of a bit. Um, low like that doesn't he he's like you know when we released you really got me it was like an avalanche you know they just wanted all the hits from me and i just wanted to retreat you know and i didn't want to go to carnaby street i wanted to stay at home you know and that
0: i think that though that's uh, that's the thing about days is like it really you kind of nailed it johnny because like yeah here's a quote um about it where it's like um from dave He says, my feelings at the time were always very mixed about days because I always thought it was a very, very unhappy song. Mm -hmm. It was sad and it didn't have Ray's humor in it. And it saddens me every time I hear it, in fact. And Pete was unhappy at the time and Ray was going through a lot of trauma in his personal life. Mm -hmm. And then Ray says, it's a goodbye song, but it's also an inspirational song. It could also mean a new beginning. But I wanted to write a sad song with optimism in it, which is how I've always thought of it. But like my sister Rosie had gone to Australia and we didn't have any communication so she left and said goodbye, and I said thank you for being my sister. Oh, so no. the song's for her, really, and her generation. Oh. So you know it is kind of it's a bit sad. So they, they left it off themselves. You know it was their decision. Yeah, but it it's was not, like I an think, early version on. It was going to be on side one.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't know if it would work on the album because it's too much of a like a hit. Like, there's no like yeah. big hits on there because it's a it,
1: Waterloo Sunset
2: it, though I guess. Well there's no big big hits on, there's no hits. on, on village like, it, green, is there? You know? Yeah, no. there's no hits. Yeah,
1: that like not. that no singles, like no clear cut yeah, single. That's what's good about the
2: closest one. But yeah. Man, yeah.
1: I I was looking up Picture Book last night, uh, and there was a heated conversation going on about how many songs have ripped it off. Really? On oh. YouTube. Like Green Day Warning, most yeah, famously. Hundred percent, yeah. Uh Mac DeMarco, Mac DeMarco salad a, days. No, Mac DeMarco's apparently. one's
0: brutal. That that's like just a full on. He does that all the time. I remember time. Sam. I remember Sam telling you actually calling me about that one and being like, "Have you heard this?"
1: Yeah. Stone Temple Pilots, Big Bang, Baby. Oh sure. There's Stereogram all this then as well. I guess it's Stereogram, kind of. Stereogram, yeah. Walkie Talkie Men. Well, let's go through a couple of these here. Um, but uh, there was yeah. A, put some
0: on. So I mean. Big Bang Baby makes
1: sense. Like the. (inaudible) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just in the vibe, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. You know, know. here we go. Let's go quickly
0: here. It's coming up, though, Johnny.
1: That's
2: that's it. I got no. No. Uh, You can't do that. Scooby Dooby Doo.
1: I uh, know. Actually, I mean, I'm fine with him doing that. I think it's really it's cool. cool but, yeah, Do you know that Scooby Doo hadn't come out yet? What? Wow. When Ray said that? Yeah, it came no. out a year later. He invented Scooby Doo. He <laughs> said Scooby Dooby Doo, and then that was the slogan for the show a year later.
2: What?
0: Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ever since Buff Carell danced to Scooby Doo, I've had it in my head. <laughs> scooby-dooby-doo where are you You got some work for you now (laughs) come on scooby-doo yeah that's really cool it's kind of him doing a bit of like jazz improvisation
1: isn't it really Uh, it's scatting Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) It's just uh, he does some scatting on that record. He kind of scats, yeah. He's I scats love all the him. like. Oh, they're great with that. I don't even know what you call that. I guess it's sort of like a you know la ba 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 ba. ba. Like yeah. he does uh, all kinds of like melodies and singing that aren't words on that record. Yeah. He's great. He's kind of singing the horn parts,
2: it. isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. It's really cool. Um,
1: yeah. But it like works better. Fun. Like yeah. it sounds cooler. It's like a Beach Boys kind of feel, of I guess. Beach Boys-y feel. Like yeah, but without group, girl group, without the town, I guess you know what i mean Art. without
0: the that, like ability to to do the exactly. harmonies and stuff it's just like this is my, what i hear and you know hmm. yeah I, um harps like accords.
1: if if the kinks had done got to get you into my life ray would have just gone going back Have you ever read the his review of revolver No. two word review for this one what you guys haven't read that Oh, my God, I'll send it to you. It's the best thing. In 66, Ray reviewed Revolver for a magazine. No way. And said uh, track by track. It's really good. Just like a couple sentences on each song. And he said, you know, like, it's amazing because it would be exactly what we would think. He says Yellow Submarines like a complete load of rubbish. And like he has fa- his top three songs are I'm Only Sleeping, yeah, <laughs> Good Day Sunshine, and Here, There, and Everywhere. Oh, yeah,
0: you know. No, and your bird can sing.
1: You know, he hated Anderberg Can Sing. He said, really? this is oh. not, it doesn't even sound like a Beatles song. He says, this sucks. That's the best it's one. Pretty
0: Beatles-y. It's pretty Beatlesy, that one. I think.
1: And uh, he said that he thought Tomorrow Never Knows would be big in the club, in the discos. Mm. Oh, yeah. and um, Kind of
0: like proto-chemical brothers, innit? it? So he was right. I guess. <laughs> and
1: he said that Got to Get You Into My Life with the jazz backing was a prime example of how English jazz musicians can't swing.
0: Well. Oh, trad jazz, right? He's talking about, I guess, the trad jazz scene.
2: Going back to the, yeah. um, the ripping off of kink songs, the first time I met Ray, I was recording at Conk Studios before I lived down here. I still lived in Manchester and um, came down to record there and didn't expect to see him really, but I'd fallen asleep. And we were, I was in a band with one of my and James's friends, Joe, and we were recording this song I'd written. Um, And I didn't thought about it at the time. Anyway, I fell asleep on the sofa while someone was doing their parts. And Joe woke me up and he's like, do you want to meet one of your heroes? And I opened my eyes and Ray was just stood there. And I was like, fuck. I was like, all right, mate. And he's like, hello. You know, and just sort of, how you doing? You having a nice time here and stuff? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was just sort of gobsmacked. But then realized as we were recording that the song we were recording while he walked in had totally ripped off him. And it was like it was just a copy of like so tired of waiting. And on ours, it was like I've been down, 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 I remember that song. and I'd like just totally ripped him off accidentally, and he just walked in and he was like, "Yeah, nice song, nice song." Like that. and he, I could see he just worked it out straight away. I was like, "Yeah, we both realized." it. Yeah. Oh my god! How that. mortifying! No, no, it was, but also really funny. Um, yeah, I think course. there's
0: another time in which you uh, you peeped over the fence when you actually lived because you used to live in a very truly English way, even closer to Conk You live about five houses away from it now, but you used to live right next I next to door.
2: It. This was the best one of the best days in my life, right? And yeah, I was out in the I, my back garden, backed onto the garden of Conk and I was living in this little bedsit place, and a basement flat. And I went out into the garden to like, hang some washing out, and I could hear like. <laughs> sunny afternoon on an acoustic guitar and i was like the fuck and i realized just over the wall like a meter away ray was playing acoustic guitar in the garden running some kink songs and i was like why because well i I realized afterwards he had a show in hyde park later that week so he was probably just running the old tunes in the garden in the sun (laughs) and so i i i lay lay like back against the wall he didn't know i was there i just lay my back against the wall and I was just like crying. I, listened, I had basically a private Ray Davis show for about 15 minutes. And he, Oh, my God. Know, it,
1: That's amazing, it, Sam.
2: It was unbelievable, honestly. Yeah, um, But yeah, he didn't know. Was, was, he,
1: was he doing a Deadbeat song <laughs> without knowing
2: <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, he was, yeah. It was.
1: Have you ever tried to play some of those songs on the guitar? No. Like, it's fucking crazy how hard they are. Like, Village Green, like, do you remember Walter has like 16 chords in it or something? Wow. They're really, uh, bu- 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 they're really complicated songs, and days really cool chords as well. Mm. Uh, like, and I was reading about that that apparently he listened to a lot of like Chet Atkins when he was a teenager, and they didn't know, so they learned all these crazy chord inversions. That shit's so cool. And then mm. they just like carried would play all the time. So they, so but a yeah, different to when the Beatles
0: had to get a bus down Penny Lane to to learn how to play a B chord. <laughs>
1: You know, we knew the E E and the A, and we needed to go and get the B7. I can't do it now. The B7. I can't do it. I'm intimidated when I'm I'm with English guys. I'm
0: in London now, so it's fucking hard for me to do anything. We're down down here now. You know, the funny thing is, uh, with Maswell Hill, there isn't
2: actually a village green there. No, I think there used to be one in Fortis Green, which is just outside of Muswell Hill where they grew up. But I think they like built a pub on it or something yeah there's
0: was no there wasn't they never had a village green so the landscape of the mind theory does
2: make sense mm. you know very interesting <clears throat> another another day a cool thing that happened from living next door to Conk. they had what do you call it do you call it a skip in canada you know like a- no that's uh but a big it's a big you know a thing
0: that fuck I, you know it's so hard when you've lived here this long there's words that of, I have to really search for the English versions of them and sometimes search for the, the yeah. Canadian ones. Describe a, it to me. It's a thing that goes outside a house that you put trash like in. Like a big and, metal it's thing. Massive. Like if you're doing like but a it's clear massive. out of a building. Dumpster? Yeah, no, but it's bigger than a dumpster. It's like the ones that go outside. Like when, you know, when they're like, throwing out loads of stuff from a house and you oh a big, like
1: a bit they just call it like a, a like big a dump bin or something like yeah, a like one of those construction
0: bins we call, yeah. we call them a skip yeah. and anyway there was one yeah. outside conch. i found a dog in a skip once. <laughs> you did yeah i found a dog in a skip when i was a kid and called it skip oh nice kept him that's
2: great yeah. but
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a great dog too
2: well anyway i was walking past there was a skip outside of conch and i was walking past there and I was like, There's gonna, "They're going to be throwing out some good shit." So I started having a root around in there, and I found like the front fascia of like a Marshall amp, and then on the grill was sprayed the Kinks with their logo, right? <laughs> so it was like the front piece of, of an amp of a Kinks amp, right? And I was like, "Oh my god!" So I like, smuggled it into my house, and I was like, "Yes," you know, it was like my prized possession. And my brother was going through some bad shit at the time, and he's a massive Kinks fan, so I gave it to him. As, like, a gift, and he was, like, um, you know, overjoyed. And then his fucking ex wife threw it away. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, Where's that kinks amp? Women. And, and uh, yeah, she's, if you're listening, Natalie, go fuck yourself. And uh, but yeah, that went, he got thrown away. But yeah, I, I found like the front of a kinks amp. It's just unbelievable. Why did they spray paint the kinks on the front
1: <laughs> I yeah. don't know. It's like touring, mate. Really- touring, touring over, I guess. You yeah. know, it's just what they do in it on the road,
0: you know what I mean? On, on the,
1: amps. The, I've yeah, never really
0: seen that. On the grill, you know? Yeah,
2: I've seen it before. But it was a bit weird, but I was like, that's brilliant. I'm, you know, I'm having that.
0: Yeah, yeah. maybe it isn't a thing that people do. Maybe someone can uh, message us and, you know, people who have more experience of like roading because mm. we're kind of more artists, let us know if that's a, a normal thing to do. When I was, the band name on the grill.
1: Yeah, of, very uh, hard. When I was a teenager, I was as a drummer. Like I played in kind of a skiffle group. Nice. in My teens, in we it's wore black before, suits.
0: Yeah, you kind of doing it in order, like yeah, skiffle. We, it was the we did like Beatles into
1: yeah, kind of we did like black black suits and like played like you know Hoo! that kind of stuff. Played the washboard, yeah. and um, when I played that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, you know, it was kind of a... When I'm cleaning
0: windows, if you could see what I could see. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff. E- exactly, yeah. yeah.
1: Just some uh, form. Something tells me I'm into something good. <laughs> we did that <laughs> there one.
0: There you go, that's good, yeah. Um, and Jerry, Jerry from Jerry and the Pacemakers. Woke guy, up this he?
1: morning feeling fine. <laughs> okay. Um, barbershop, bit barbershop, that one. Yeah, same key, I think. Same, too too um, much perspective. Um, and and I thought I saw like an old R and B group like from the '60s, and the drummer just had his name painted on the drum skin <laughs> instead of the name of the group. That's like hit like he. So I did that, and so I still the have union. the skin. Johnny Payne. I was, <laughs> it was just the drummer. Of the band
0: was called something else, but yeah, bit of a union move. It's like how Elvis Costello always used to have his union uh, his was union she... ticket in his uh, in his pocket of his suit. Really, he'd have it his musicians union he... card.
1: That's funny you say that, too, because his guitar says Costello. says Elvis Costello on the fingerboard. There's wow. a left-handed Mustang
0: on Craigslist right now. Should I buy it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he played a Jazzmaster, but should have buy it because you don't come along very often being left-handed i don't really want it
1: what? well that's the thing right it's like how yeah. clapton bought Jimi hendrix that left-handed stratocaster the night he died mm-hmm. interesting he knew he could take I it straight back after so he killed did him. you well, see that uh, he's covering his tracks they call that yeah <laughs> clapton tried to sell his guitar the
0: other day on, on uh, the internet <laughs> yeah. johnny johnny you know I about. i saw that he
1: clapton put his famous stratocaster blackie up for auction and the starting bid was one million pounds <laughs> and didn't get one bid no who wants that <laughs> they're
0: all selling still Wait, why yeah
1: you know well, it's a bit early for me to do it but you maybe know maybe they're uh, all gonna board a spaceship and like head to valhalla or something man, i saw, I saw many, a thing
0: many where, many many <laughs> t- many many times i uh recorded in the early days of the band um I engineered everything myself and uh you know we, yeah <laughs> I, I saw that robbie was selling robbie Robertson selling his um his console on the internet right now his neve console and it said funny if you read through all these guys are so fucking delusional you read through like what he thinks has been recorded on his neve console and then just like all you need to do is like cross check it with like whether it really was. Like he says that like the, the casino soundtrack he did on it and you look at the casino soundtrack and it's just like, he's not mentioned at any point at all on the casino soundtrack. He's just like, well, Martin will just, he won't sue me if I say I did it and I might get an extra couple of grand or something. like. And
1: he said about the board, he said, you know, when I when I bought the board, I said, I said, darling, I'm going to take you on an amazing journey. <laughs> and I did. And I did, and it was the beginning of the beginning of the end of the beginning of the end <coughs> of the beginning. <laughs> God, man, it
2: was weird. Robbie I wonder Robbie if Robertson, got, uh, he got
0: Scorsese to help him with it, the writing, the uh, advert. Yeah, I'm going to uh, take you on quite an adventure, yeah. and I did. I actually saw Robbie Robertson in a documentary. I did some recording in um, Toronto. Um, a couple of years ago, in in Chukasa, which is this, um, it's on the Six Nations. It's an in- indigenous like reserve, a massive one, and uh, there's a movie, a documentary about it. Be- and Robbie's uh, from there, Robbie Robertson, or at least you know he he's uh, like he has uh, indigenous heritage, mm. mm-hmm. so he was um, like in this documentary it's really actually really good it's a really good documentary i should uh, i should tell you what it's called right now put in the show notes it's really worth watching because he talks a lot about yeah show notes so we always (laughs) say there's gonna be and i forget but he uh yeah he's like talking about going down to like young street and playing there and like there's some great stuff about like him being told early on by other indigenous they were all sort of hiding the fact that they were you know obviously it's like a Massively, massively marginalized community in Canada still, and can't imagine what it was like in the '60s. But like people saying, like, this is your secret power, like it's your secret weapon, Robbie. Like, don't think of it as a h- curse. Like, we're better at music, you know, because we've got this other stuff that we can like mm-hmm. lean into. It's really cool. All right, send us that. in this? Let me, let me look, 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 look it up. It's um, well, you know, you where do you, where about, do you I
2: rank think. the kink, Sam? In terms, what in best bands ever all time? Yeah, um, top five, I think. Yeah, they're, they're one of my favorite bands ever. I think. Um, just, I'm more of a song guy. I, I, you know, I really like songs rather than anything else. And he's just, he's up there with the Beatles for me, you know. And yeah, they're
1: top two for me. I think. Um,
2: and it, it's, him and Brian Wilson and you know Lennon. They're the the top three songwriters for me. I used to always say Beatles, Kinks were top
1: two. And then I always had trouble between the Velvet Underground and the Beach Boys at three. I would Mm. always go back and forth. And, uh, you know, I don't do as much ranking now as I did then. Yeah, it's important to rank things. It is, I think. Definitely on a podcast. (laughs) Well, I I make a lot of grandiose rank. Like, you know, sometimes when you're sitting around messed up listening to records... I'll probably say on a on a night like that over the course of the night ten or twenty times. This is probably the greatest song ever ever written. <laughs> yeah, you know, what? it's just fun to say it.
2: Yeah. What What is
1: the greatest song ever written? I think the other night I said it was like Conway Twitty. It's only make believe or something <laughs> a like that. Change to come, maybe. Yeah. Ever written? No. In well, terms of like important
0: things. Oh, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Important and like good at the same time. You know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's a good one for sure.
1: Important. I was like my girl. Yeah. My girl. That's. <coughs> I don't good know. One. Pretty and woman. Just that's perfect cool. or something. I think God yeah, only pretty knows woman. is the best song ever written. Yeah,
0: pretty ballerina is pretty good. Mm. There's some good. I
1: heard that the other day. I really liked it. Yeah, it's kind of like a cool, like perfect pop song, baroque pop. You know. I mean, man, there's so many. Like a Rolling Stones, pretty good. Mm. I've heard of it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, but, like, I think, for me, it's, like, probably, like, a standard. Like, I think, like, Stardust by Hoagy Carmichael is, like, an amazingly perfect song mm. for, like, the 20s, you know? Like, the lyrics and music are just, and a lot of, even a lot of those, yeah, you know, like, as time goes by or something. I don't know. It depends on my mood. Uh, uh, yeah, what about, like, um, You've Lost That Loving Feeling? Oh, yeah, true. pretty good. It's very it's moving. A good one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really struggling to find the name of this documentary, so I'm just going to... I actually
1: will put this in the show notes. I don't believe really you. Have you, have, have you done out. any show notes yet? No. No. No, but we, we always say we do, and that's... Same thing, really. You know, part of it.
0: Yeah, and I've got, like, this new lead that, like, that's, I can play, like, any song, like... Put a song quickly. on. ...quickly. Like, for example, I
1: could play this. <laughs> Crazy River?
0: Yeah, yeah. Honestly. Nice. It's <laughs> kind of some Robbie, you know. Yeah, I can see it now. <laughs> the distant red neon I thought that was you. Yeah. Sam, was this song ever famous in England? You are. You know where people play games. Was, the night. was this song famous
2: in England? No, but I've heard it. Crazy River. Do you know it? I don't know it very well, but I've heard Big it. Big chorus. Very sexual the we'll, a we'll, 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 we'll do the chorus we'll <laughs> All of a sudden I could hear somebody whistling right behind me I turned around and she said Why do you always end up down at Nick's Cafe?
1: <laughs> Is he just doing Tom Waits? Said, uh, yeah, I think so I don't
0: know The wind just kind of pushed me this way <laughs> So, it's a really weird one <laughs> so, I he, so he
1: he's not singing the chorus. He can't right? get up there. I think that's
0: him. He can't yeah, get no, up I there. I think
1: it's him. I don't think that's him singing the chorus. Like who he got he, he, he got like Paul Butterfield in or something. You think so? I don't know who it is. I don't think it's him. Uh, yeah, cuz I, I don't think him. he can get up there. He's got a really deep no. cl- kind of sounds a little bit like Danko. Oh, yeah, man. but he, I think he's dead already.
0: Yeah, mm. but it sounds like him. It's weird actually. Let's like, maybe it's Robbie. Listen. <laughs>
1: No way. Might be. Maybe. Maybe. It kind of sounds like Danko,
0: And it's also, uh, he often did the high harmonies, or at least he, it looked like he was
1: doing it. No, he just had in. a mic. He just had a mic set up on stage. Yeah, that's it was all. turned down, I think. Right. Okay. Was, there was no, cord pl- no XLR plugged into it.
2: Um, wow, that's a beautiful song, though. Yeah, I'm going to get that on. You like that one? Yeah. It sounds like
1: he's just doing Tom Waits in the verses, yeah. kind of, or Leonard Cohen. He's a strange man, isn't yeah, he?
0: Yeah, he's kind of doing a Leonard Cohen. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder what partial on lineage for sure. Yeah, Canadians. Yeah, you know, it's a shame when Leonard Cohen had to like come out of retirement when he was just a monk for ages because he found out his manager had been nicking all of his money.
2: Yeah, but it, it was. But I got to see him live, so I don't care. True. Yeah. Who Leonard? Yeah, I saw him at Calgary. Yeah, that was
1: probably the best show I I, I've ever seen. Oh, he was was amazing in Vancouver. I got uh, my friend got tickets, fifth row center, and Jeff Bridges was sitting in front of me, (laughs) and he was like on his feet, just loving the show the whole time. We were all like, "Oh my god, it was so amazing!" The concert. Did you uh, throw him a mixtape like when you saw Zoe Deschanel?
0: When you went, to, when we went. To no, the but I said hello holidays. to him.
1: I said, "Great show, hey dude." You said hello he to like, Zoe like, Deschanel too, but
0: you got thrown out by security.
1: Her security out. swarmed me when I tried yeah. to tell, give, her, give a her a letter I'd written her. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. heard this story must... before. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Well, there's still hope, you know.
2: Maybe she listens to the podcast.
1: I know. Maybe well, that's kind of why yourself. I
2: started it. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, I'm just it's a all,
1: long, long I'm trying to do as much different, like, make records, do podcasts, mm-hmm. like, inter- like as much stuff that could potentially reach her, you know? Did, just, oh,
2: yeah. Does she still make, like, twee ukulele music? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. You should do a record of that.
0: <laughs> you know, one time I saw her play and she uh, said, um, guys, um, everyone needs to be really quiet now because obviously everyone was like screaming Mm. because if you if it's kind of like a Stephen Stills move it's like if you don't shut up like you won't get it you know you won't get what we're about you won't get Mm -hmm. the the wisdom we're about to drop you know I think he says that on Four Way Street he's like you know you guys are gonna have to be real quiet otherwise you won't get it no he says
1: he he starts playing like a blues song, Black yeah. Queen, and yes. then he and like talking about how he's like the same as being an old black man like on a porch, yeah, singing exactly the blues, the same. and people in the audience start laughing, and yeah. then he gets really mad because he's all coked up, and he stops and he says, "If there's one thing the blues ain't, it's funny," <laughs> <laughs> you know. But he doesn't get why they're laughing yeah. at him because he thinks he's like and he's, he's going like, wow. Oh, oh! oh, oh not you gonna yeah. bet on the black queen? It's also uh,
0: <laughs> like that video of him when he uh, starts a fight at Monterey, Big Sur. Yeah, Big Sur. When he's uh, he, but he's, he he starts a fight and then he uh, he with a guy in the crowd and then they uh, they like they they he goes back on stage and says he was lucky enough that that uh, you know his friends were able to love him out of. Love yeah. him out of his anger.
1: Uh, you know, we're up here with our fur coats We're on. up here with our fur coats. And, uh, you know, sometimes we just forget <laughs> what's important. I what he's upset. And, and because the guy in the crowd was upset that he had to pay, like twenty dollars to see see, fucking steven stills play so he and you know he's probably messed up or something and then steven stills decided the way to respond to that was to charge him in the crowd try to beat him up wow while wearing a fur coat and then he plays four and twenty yeah (laughs) as though that'll kind of make it all better yeah so when i saw
0: uh, zoe uh the chanel she was kind of a similar a similar place (laughs) in her musical uh you know career um and she was telling a, a crowd of screaming kind of. and you know fawning fans of her <laughs> tv show i think <laughs> um including Johnny who was who'd wet his pants and was had already thrown a yeah he'd already thrown a mixtape at her but um <laughs> she said everyone needs to be quiet here I'm, I'm playing a ukulele and you guys won't get it if you don't like and then she did a cover of wouldn't it be nice yeah. Well,
1: yeah, and then I got up and told everybody to shut the
2: shut fuck up. up. Yeah, <laughs> shut,
1: up. <laughs> shut up. She's trying to play something. <laughs> she's Trying I, to yeah. play a song, a beautiful song. Trying to like impress you her. guys. Like, don't deserve this, it, man. I yeah. like the Beach Boys too. I yelled out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man,
0: I'm only making fun of Johnny because I had a rival mixtape that I'd thrown. Yeah, and, yeah. uh, and I, I still don't know what was on yours.
1: Um. Well, you know, it was like. Uh, a lot of you sort doing un- covers. Un- it was me doing a lot of like unrequited love, <laughs> you know, sort of boots yeah. of Spanish leather. Um, Certainly, it's a good yeah, one. Yeah, kind of pa- Simon and Garfunkel, Kathy's song. You raw, know, um, yeah. yeah, and just voice recordings. And then in between, kind of messages. Yeah, yeah, spoken word. So uh, son- I would read sonnets. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. kind of. Chaucer, even maybe going back that far, kind nah, of, kind of no. whimsy. Wordsworth,
0: yeah, more
2: okay, yeah. Wordsworth. Well, that's good. I mean, mm-hmm. is the restraining you know, we'll order still in now. place, or are you uh, you allowed to her shows now? No, the, Loud- restra-
0: the restraining order is still in place.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, luckily for me, there are no shows because if she were to- <laughs> touring through town, it would be pretty hard to keep it's me out of, out of the venue. It's kind of a clute, you know? style scenario. <laughs>
0: Really, yeah. it's kind of yeah. like a Jane Fonda in Clute thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. I mean, it's really nice to catch up with you, Sam. Yeah, it's been um, great. Thanks for having know, me again. A little quote here I just reading, actually. This is good. Talking about it's a quote from Ray mm. where he says, um, When the Rolling Stones do a comeback, they use Yankee Stadium. And when the Kinks make one, we'll probably do it in a bar on the East Side. Wow, ah, that's great. That's hey, nice. Sam,
1: I want to thank you for. That story about you hearing Ray and laying against the fence, that was a beautiful oh, thing to hear. It reminded me of, you know, one of those happy stories like the one I told about Harry Nilsson meeting the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, it was really sweet, you sent us a voice message saying you were walking by Harry's apartment. Yeah. And you kind of like kissed the sky, gave a toast to our fallen yeah our fallen brothers and sisters and i i I appreciated that yeah man
2: well that was the flat that eric murdered two people in isn't it yeah it is yeah mama we're
0: trying to get get like um, you know we're trying to get like positive this year you know we know that we're (laughs) going to be doing um uh a lot of uh you know, kind of Laurel Canyon kind of feel-good stuff, and which eventually will lead us to having to do The Eagles and it'll get dark again, but that'll <laughs> be in about two months. But until then, we're going to stay positive, so probably going to leave the, the Clapton murders okay. unsolved for a couple
1: of months. I'll right. leave it. it was so best left unsolved. Best left unsolved. Well, Eric
2: will be very happy about that. All right, boys. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Take Thanks take for care. having me. I'm a big we'll fan of the podcast. see you again soon, Sam. Yeah, take care. See you, matey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.